Testing one, two, three. Four, five, six. Because I had to say something. Well, yeah. We almost lost that. Ready? Yep. You are listening to Equinox, episode number four. This is Joseph Darnell, and thanks for joining us again. We are excited to talk about something new and interesting. And this is Robert Carter. And yes, I hope this is going to be new and interesting. A fun, crazy topic. What would you do if you were in this situation? And what was that noise you just made? I was just kicking back and relaxing, (laughs) getting comfortable in my lounge chair. All right. Ready to listen to the scientist regale about calendars, history, science topics. It's going to be great. Well, I'm hoping this is going to be interesting to a lot of people because this is just a fun romp through history and imagination and a little bit of math. And what we have figured out after years and years and years of watching the sun and the moon and the stars. Okay, sun, moon, and stars. We haven't talked about those planetary bodies and space bodies yet. Not necessarily. But this is a, if you, so here's a setup. People in the listening audience, imagine that you wake up and find yourself alone on a planet. You have no memories of anything, but you can think and you can reason just fine. This sounds like a video game, an RGB. It, it could, except I'm, I'm imagining more like like you're Adam. Okay, so you're the Eve, first. Or Adam and Eve. Yeah, you're the first people on the planet Earth, and God puts you here, and you don't know how anything works yet, and you have to figure it out. What do you do? Can, what do well, you do? I can breathe, right? Yeah, you can breathe, you can oh, think, okay. you're, you're alive, you can eat, you can do all the things people do, but you don't know how to keep track of time yet. Yeah, because you're 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 awake this moment you get up for the very first time, right. and then after a while you're tired and you realize, okay, well, how am I going to keep track of how many times I've slept? Or even Passage you might not even notice it right away. And this is not like prison where you just like get out, you know, something to mark chalk on a wall to create lines because <laughs> you're counting time. Yeah, you don't. You're not worried about time yet necessarily. No, but say so let's say but you're, eventually you will be. I guess so. You will wonder when it's going to get cold. Ah, yes. Yeah. When to plant your crops. How are you going to know when the seasons are going to hit you hard? Yeah, when to harvest. That's that's the critical thing here. And that's honestly... The rainy season, the, the, the winter, the frost. Once you figure it out that, hey, you know, a whole bunch of days ago, it got frosty and all my plants died. I think I better figure out how often this happens. Yeah, tough. So how are you going to do this? Well, You're yeah. the very first man ever. Well, first question is, what's the first thing you can use to keep track of time? Uh, I got a timepiece. I've got a clock. And what's your clock? A, a dial. I have. Oh, uh, well, we got the sun. We got the sun, so we can see the rise and fall of the sun. That it gives me the window of a day. It gives you a day. That's your first definition of time. Mm-hmm. And you might say, oh, the day is divided up into dark and light, and there's a you know twilight in between, sunrise, sunset. Okay, but that's all you know so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's all mine. It was me, my day. I saw the uh, I saw the sunrise and I saw it set. Now where now where do we go? We got we got to get some food. We got to grow that food, and we got to wonder when is it going to be ripe and ready for harvest. Make sure it's not too late and plant too late. You're not you're not thinking there yet. You haven't seen a season yet. Oh, that's true. Because there's only one cycle. Yeah, you've only seen one, maybe two, three, four cycles of the sun. Hey, this thing keeps doing the same thing all the time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep forgetting that this is the first week ever. Yeah, the first week ever. Okay, what's the next clock that you notice? No, the moon is doing things. Yeah, what's the moon doing? Well, it's in different places in the sky. It disappears during the daylight. It comes back and there's a side that is shaded and a side that I can see. Yeah, let's let's assume just for the fun of it yeah. that the first day of creation is a full moon. And then it means, so the yeah, sun sets and the moon comes up. Mm-hmm. Next day, the sun sets and a moon is a little different. Comes up a little later. And then the sun sets and no moon for a couple hours. Yeah. You don't even know an hour yet, but it's a while. Then the moon comes up. <gasps> There's a piece missing. Yeah. It looks like it got shaved. And it gets later and later and later and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you can't see it anymore. That would be disconcerting. That'd be like the first night that man thought he was in the twilight zone. Yeah. And then... A week or so later, you notice at sunset, hey, what's that little fingernail sliver oh, near right. the sun? And then the next day... You can kind of sort of see it some it's, more. It's bigger and it's higher up in the sky at sunset. And the next day, it's higher and higher and higher. And all of a sudden, it's full again and exactly opposite the sun. And if you were keeping track of 
how many days this took. If you're thinking along those lines, like, I think I better count this. You might not have done that for several months. Yeah, maybe you started keeping track only after how many days? You don't know. You weren't paying attention. You didn't write it down. Yeah, unless you're real smart and, oh, I think I'm going to be uber nerd. I'm going to pay attention to this. Why would you do that? (laughs) It wouldn't, you wouldn't even cross your mind until after a while you said, hey. You're going exploring. You're trying to find some foraged goods. You need to find friends and a mate you're trying to get to the well, you mate should be with you you're at adam and eve there at the okay. same time okay, one so moment like, assume it's in yeah. our scenario here you're but. trying to find the higher ground in case you're attacked <laughs> or well, this is a pre-fall world also there's no oh, okay. suffering and death i'm not imagining you know savages here this is a okay. cre- creation model everything's happy give me uh, the curse is all i've ever known <laughs> <laughs> but things are pretty good. And yeah, we haven't sinned yet, but we haven't sinned now for at least several days. And things, so things are great. Yeah. Do we even need to keep track of time under these circumstances? Like, do Not I have to worry about seasons? And if you're, if you have no clothes on, like in the biblical account, oh, obviously you're not in a temperate or polar region. Yeah. You began in the garden. It's a kind of a great a tropical paradise. rainforest sort of thing. Not really much of a season. Don't have to worry about the wildlife. Don't have to worry about the food supply. No. And so you just may not, not might not be thinking about the passage of time yet. No, I don't think I would. But after several, have you ever noticed the word month? Sounds like moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's They're a, not months or moons. They look related. It's a moon. They're moons. Moons. Yes. That's not related to mooses. No, or, or moo, the, the sound the cows make. No, but it's um, it's a, a month is really a month. It's the amount of time it takes the moon to get back to looking like it did one month ago. But it's not exactly 31 days or, you know, 30 days or what, how, no, what is that, the that's, exact? That's just it. It's not any even increment of anything. From one cycle to the next? Well, it is. But, but it's not exact because... It depends on where you're standing on planet Earth. No, it depends on how far away the moon is from the Earth. The moon's orbit is sometimes more round and sometimes more elliptical. Sometimes it's further away on average, sometimes it's closer on average. And the length of a month can vary by more than a day. Does it go through a, a repeating variance yeah. from year to year? Yeah, you, you can mm-hmm. take an average and get a really good average. So if you're paying really close attention, you'll re- realize there is a pattern for 12 of these cycles. Or you have moons. to probably do more than that to get a good average. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, actually, it's not, it doesn't change by up to a day, but I think it can vary by up to 12 hours. So what so, I would do So one month can be 12 hours longer or shorter than another month in so the same calendar. So maybe what I would year. do is I would have my my spouse or I take turns paying attention to the moons, paying attention to the cycles of this moon and what it's up to. Today is my day to pay attention to what it's doing, her day next to, you know tomorrow and we'll figure this thing out. And eventually you'll figure out that one month is 29.53 days. I think that would take you a while. Yeah, that's not good. No. Okay, so what's after you get a day down, you get a month down, what's the next time increment you're going to notice? Uh, how often I get hungry. Oh, okay, okay. that's three times okay. a day. Okay, no, no. The next longer, what's longer than a month? Oh, well, seasonal changes. Yeah, seasonal so changes, it's yeah. starting to get warmer, it's starting to get more humid, then later it starts to pick up windy and things start to change colors and... Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of cycle? And after several of those seasonal sort of cycles, you might say, hey, this is something to do with how high the sun gets oh. during the day. Because even yeah, if you're on the equator, the sun the goes sun... right over you under the this circumstance. And then in the other circumstance, it's not over you as it comes overhead. If, if let's say the day of creation, Adam and Eve are on the garden, the garden is or in the garden, the garden is on the equator and it's a full moon. And the sun is directly over the equator. It's an equinox. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Day one. Hey, hey, let's just say equinox is day one. I like that. Yeah. Well, three months later, the then sun is at an angle of 30-something degrees north. That's a that's a huge difference. Three months later, it's directly overhead again. Oh, interesting. Three months later, it's 30 degrees something south. Ooh. Three months later, it's directly overhead again. Which starts to inform your understanding about the curvature of the Earth. Um, yes, yeah. very much so. And that the sun varies. It goes left, right, left, right, left, right. How mm-hmm. long would it take you to figure out how long it takes the sun to get back to the exact same straight overhead thing again? Was that six months? 
was six that? months to get back again. And then six months until it's made one up and down cycle is a year moving like a pendulum through the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a year. That's 12 of these cycles that the moon is making, right? No, it's um, okay. We'll get back to the moon question in a second, because once you figure out how long a year is, you have to tie it to how long a month is. They're not the same thing. 12 lunar months is 11 days short of a year. Oh, okay. So why is that? Why couldn't we have it a little bit easier? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, people like to think that, you know, God is precise and he's a clockmaker and everything needs to be equal increments. Like there used to be 360 days in a year and that's, that's evenly divisible by 12 and et cetera, et cetera. But that's not, why does God have to work that way? Why, no, would, why putting, of course putting not. God in a simple box? Yeah. Maybe there's some, it is you, more interesting this way. Yeah, we are, much more interesting. We should, we should pick our standard. You could p- choose the sun because it's the more dominant light source. But it, I don't think that's the first thing they would have chosen. Really? Yeah. I think it's the month, especially hmm. if it's tropical, because you don't really care how long a year is necessarily. It hmm. really matters in temperate areas where there's winter. It is critical to know how long a year is. But tropical areas, not so much. Hmm. Now, this is the craziest thing. It just so happens that 60 lunar months are almost exactly five years. Really? 59.9999 lunar months is five years. So if you are trying to figure out how many months are in a year, you might skip over how many months are in a year. You'd say how many months are in five years, 60 months. And all of a sudden you're counting in five-year increments. Interesting. So then what if somebody based a calendar system on five-year scales? Oh, then maybe all of your ages would end in zeros and fives, like in Genesis 5 and Genesis 11. Ooh, this really happened. Well, Genesis 5 specifically, there's only, you know, Adam is 130 years old and Seth is born. Mm-hmm. He lives for another 800 years. He dies when he's 930 years old. Well, all those end right. in a zero. Yeah. I think there's only, there's all zeros and fives except one two in Genesis 5. Genesis 11, after the flood, there's also a lot of zeros and fives, but other numbers are thrown in there also. But most of the numbers are zeros and fives. It's as if someone was counting in 60-month intervals. And 60 is interesting because, you know, the earliest civilizations in the world, they had a base 60 numbering system. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we also have the minute, 60 seconds. Yes, that's all, that's all coming from the Babylonian. Now, they couldn't... A minute was not quite measurable if you're just using a stick and a shadow yeah no. a second was just a theoretical concept wow they no one could measure seconds until we had you know stopwatches or real real accurate clocks and it took many centuries before we had a second but everyone knew you could divide a minute into six intervals but it was just kind of imaginary you ever tried to keep uh in time with a stopwatch or the microwave and in your head you're counting down from 10 i've tried it so many times you blow it <laughs> always you can't keep oh, it secret you... with just a 10 second countdown but if i'm not That's paying rough. attention i know how long i put my teacup in the microwave for it's two minutes and 15 seconds and i'll be like i like perk up my ears oh and beep it beeps if i'm not paying attention because your I'm, internal I'm, clock my internal clock is more accurate than me trying to count wow Makes sense. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, because we also have that internal clock that seems to work sometimes while you're sleeping. If you yeah. uh, go to bed at the same time, and on wake average, up without fall asleep an alarm. at the same time. Yep. Yeah, it's easy. It's crazy. Yep. Hard to believe that happens. And I think some people would associate that with other natural processes that may be occurring. Like you're um, maybe aware of where the sun or the moon are based on light that you may be exposed to while you're asleep. One of the things I hear people talk about is how they like to have some kind of light, soft glow come on in the morning to help wake them up gradually. Yeah, that makes and it sense makes it easier me. to wake up and feel alert and natural, like natural, like you maybe had an artificial representation in, in, of sunrise instead of walking, waking up in pitch black. Yeah, which yeah. I do most mornings anyway because we live here on the west end of a time zone, so the sun comes up in West Georgia as late as can possibly come up. Hmm. Now, Memphis, Tennessee. Solar noon, the sun is directly overhead. But for us, solar noon, the sun is to our east. Arg. 
<laughs> I love my light in the morning. So this is the worst place for me to live. Yeah, no. Oh, well. Yeah, no. I, I don't like daylight savings time. And no, we need to kill daylight time. savings time. But all you people who want to put on day, permanent daylight savings time, no. foo on you. Yes. I don't want light when I come home from work. I want it in the morning. So Something we agree on. Morning That's people. Awesome. Up with mornings. Woo. Down with not mornings. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Well, and this is going to be a podcast on nightowl.fm. So, I mean, <laughs> we, we yeah, like you, night owls, too. Yeah, actually, I, that was a quote from uh, an Arnold uh, Little Bell story. He wrote Frog and Toad, and there's a story about a little cricket, and he runs into a bunch of beetles, and they're, they're having the morning club. And I've always <laughs> liked that story a lot. <laughs> All right, back on track. So, we're talking about the five and 10 year cycles. Five and 10 year cycles, and how ancient people might have counted time, but. We don't know how ancient people measure time. We have no idea. We don't even have a record that they were using sundials or well, we know archaeolo- archaeologists haven't unearthed like ancient uh, datable. No, uh, they were. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about before that. Okay. The earliest vestiges of humanity. Yeah, because you imagine when they got started, they started with nothing and still kept track of time somehow. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. And they, 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 they figured out the year and it wouldn't have taken them too long, but... We know they knew a lot about stars. I kind of figure it would have taken a couple of centuries to get an accurate calendar that could keep track of the seasons. Even up to the Roman times, they were having trouble Which getting is, their calendar synced to seasons. Yeah, we're talking about thousands of years and many civilizations yeah. and lots of scientists and astronomers that still hadn't figured out a good system. Yeah, and it's it's tricky, but the reason this is important is because for most of the world, they need to know when harvest time is. And they need to want to plant. When's the last frost? Well, it's X number of days after the vernal equinox. Uh, when's that? How many <laughs> months of the way? What day is it? And so the priests in most of these cultures controlled such things and they didn't always know. Okay. So what are their theories? What, what, what was the best theory that came along first? You know, who was the first to figure it out? Well, we know the Sumerians and then the Babylonians. We get our concept of 60 minutes in an hour from them. Oh. But we get 24 hours in a day from the Egyptians. Really? Yes. So explain that one because... I, I'm not th- exactly that- sure how that works, but I think the Sumerians and Babylonians had different numbers of days, therefore their minutes would have been... I mean, different numbers of hours, so their minutes would have been longer if they had fewer hours or shorter if they had more hours. So if we decided to round things down to 20 hours in a day, then the minutes and seconds would have been... Longer. Yeah. Because if we wanted to round up to 30 hours in a day, then everything would have been snappier. Yeah. 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 One 1,000... He couldn't say one 1,000 because he had to chuck, you know, chop yeah, off the you're, end. You're trying to... What would we yeah. say? Uh, one egg, two egg, three egg, four egg, four egg, I can't even say that. That's, too, yeah, that's no. a tongue twister. I don't know. They would have picked something they could say to count. Maybe the, it was based just on that, like how fast you can uh, say one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Yeah. Well, that's how we do it. Alligators. <laughs> but Alexander conquered Greece, Babylonia, India, Egypt in 300 something BC. And this is when probably that timekeeping system of Babylonia swept eastward. And since Western culture is based on Greek culture, later on Roman culture, later on the Romans conquered the Western world. And this is where we get our calendar and time conventions from these ancient peoples. Because some of these things are just conventions and then some of these are based on natural cycles and lunar cycle. And yeah, so like you already identified, the minutes, seconds, and hours or a little ar- bit more arbitrary. Is there any kind of cold, hard science behind it? A nice crispy bit of science that says it ought to be this? There is today. They measure the amount of wiggles in cesium atoms, and it's X number of wiggles equals one second. Oh, those cesium atoms. Yeah, you gotta cesium pay attention atoms. to how they dance. That's right. That, that, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly... How we count time today, dancing wait, ceasing. Wait, wait, is that what scientists are really doing? Yeah, is it really what they're doing? <laughs> wow. Okay, then. That's what we do. But it's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the concept of zero from India. For most of time, you didn't have a numeral called zero because how could you represent nothing? You can't draw something because that's something. There's nothing there. How much do you have left? I have nothing left. You don't write a zero. That was really difficult for me to understand growing up. I remember when I was counting up 
from one to nine and then reach 10, what is 10? And that broke my brain. (laughs) And and then the same thing when you get to a hundred. And so like I, at some point in first grade, I basically just said, this is a concept you have to buy into that you don't understand. And everybody is is saying that it is true and constant. So just run with it. Yeah. Some of the things in life, we do have to take it on faith that our teacher is not totally insane. And then later on, like, oh, okay, that's why we did it. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes we don't want to do that, which is why we're having this conversation is craziness of the calendar. We haven't even gotten up to crazy calendar stuff yet. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we've talked about kind of makes sense. Until you get to a point, I gather. A friend of mine and I, we wrote an article, soncreation.com. Okay. It's called The Biblical Minimum and Maximum Age of the Earth. Yes. Right. What we're trying to do was we're saying, how old could the earth be? You got to use calendaring systems to figure as far back as you can to the beginning of the first man. Yeah. That's, yeah. But we don't know what calendar system the ancient people were using. Wow. That's a big monkey wrench. We know that a lot of ancient societies use what's called a lunar solar calendar. Yeah, I've and heard we, of that. We know the Hebrews were doing that at the Exodus and beyond. I was just assuming that that, that calendar was a, was very comparable to what we currently use because we still use the sun and the moon for patterns and seasons and the like. It's not really all that much to do with the Roman calendar system. Well, it is sort of. Okay. Um, you know, God tells the, the uh, Hebrews that your first day of the year is going to be the first new moon after the vernal equinox. <clears throat> Something like that. Okay, so it just had to be. Right. It just yeah. So when 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 a moon is in this sort of position, as as close to well, you ever wonder why Easter jumps around all the time? Oh yeah. Or why Passover jumps around all the time? Right. It's because it's a lunar celebration and a solar celebration at the same time. Okay. So after the equinox in the spring, the next lunar cycle of the appropriate that's when, and that's the closest Sunday to that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's complicated. Oh, it's terribly complicated. It drove people batty for <laughs> centuries. <laughs> What's even worse was that um, different places in the Roman system, the, the Catholic system, had different calendar systems. Oh, yeah. For political reasons? Well, or? because of, of history. I was about to ask, did they come up with different scientific approaches and they were competing for one calendaring system versus another based off of some notion of maths? And- oh, yes and no mm-hmm. and, and mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when when people failed to take care of um, leap year. Oh, right. When every they- four years, you're off by a year. It doesn't take, you know, 400 years, you're off by a decade. I'm sorry, 10, 10, over, over weeks, not a decade, over 10 days. You're yeah. a week off. Wait a second. This place over here can't call Easter at this time, and this place over here at a different time. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes no sense. And so because of okay, religious okay, considerations, okay, okay, they had to standardize calendars. So, Rob. Yeah. This is definitely uh, mind-bending, and there's a lot of information. So help me understand, when did things begin to get organized, and when did they start, When did mankind start to put together some kind of calendaring system? Well, excellent question. I'm assuming this was one of the first steps. Um, yes, but because there aren't 12 moons in a year, every once in a while, if you want your moons to be lined up with your seasons, you had to add, add a leap month. Oh. And what they would do is they'd stick a 13th month every so many years. Oh. And they'd, over a 17-year cycle, they would add something like nine Leap months. So before we had the leap year with a leap year day, we used to have a leap month. Yes, I have heard. I don't remember this. I haven't been able to um, verify this, but I, I read this in a scholarly thing, and I'm looking for more information. Yeah. That the, the ancient Jews had a pregnant month. Huh. They would take February, because that's the month before the spring equinox. Notice I'm saying equinox now. Arg. I've been doing this whole, this whole yes. episode. <laughs> I was like, what does this thing you say? All right. Let's well, see what I did there. The, the priest would go out and look at the barley. And if it wasn't ready for harvest, he'd declare pregnant month. And they'd do another lunar cycle. And then if it was ready for harvest, aha, it's time for the New Year celebration to begin. And then Passover would come. Wow. And see, that also sets the... Complicated. Well, that, that allows them to count months until it's harvest time in the fall. And if, you know, if, if the barley is about right, you know when the, the spring, you know, springtime. Yeah. And so from the ripening of barley, X number of months later, you better harvest. 
because winter's coming. You don't know when the first frost is going to be. You know, it's probably a month window in there, but you want to make sure you're out there harvesting before winter sets in. Of course. You date that based on barley ripening. Okay. How accurate do you think that system is? Oh, not no, not, <laughs> not accurate at all. at all. Oh, what a disaster! But that's, that's they, within. So they used to be comfortable with their year time spans fluctuating, basically based on natural conditions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't put up with that today. No, wait till we get to. We haven't gotten to the Romans yet. They were insane. <laughs> oh, we haven't get there. But think, think of um. You've heard uh, the story of Noah's Ark, obviously. Most of our listeners have too. How long was Noah on the Ark? Not 40 days and 40 nights. It was... It's slipping my mind. People say a year and 10 days. Okay. But that's... No. It was 12 months. Yeah. And 10 days, which is 364 days. Right. He was on the Ark for almost exactly one year. (laughs) <laughs> one but, solar year see we haven't even talked about solar system yet solar right. cycles yet we're still talking about moons it was 12 moons and 11 days so noah understood the difference between lunar months and a solar year <laughs> now i don't know what he understood but he knew it and it's by the, that time the fact that those two numbers are in conjunction right there in that account is a really good indication that pre-flood man had, had a decent yeah, calendar. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they knew it was 29.53 days, but they probably knew 29.5. 29 yeah. and a half days is your average month. Okay. Huh. Seems even a little bit shorter than I was expecting because I'm so used to so many months having 30 days. And Yeah, well, yeah. when we get to Romans, we'll talk about the um, their, their, how, why there's so many different days in a month. It's because they're nuts and we inherited their calendar. We know the Jews were using a lunar solar calendar at least since the Exodus, which is about 1500 BC. And Moses was directed by God to institute this new system. If you're interested, look up Exodus 23.16 and Leviticus 23.39. No, I didn't memorize that. I have it written down in my notes. But (laughs) Exodus 23.16, Leviticus 23.39, that's where we get this new system from. We don't know what they used before that, but it's even worse than that because the Jews have two new years. Say what now? Why, why would you need more than one? <laughs> I don't know. Wait a minute. But How, have, that doesn't even matter. They have Passover in the spring mats. and they have Rosh Hashanah in the fall, in September. So best explanation is we're not positive. We don't know why. Because, I, I mean, when you think about a new year, that means the year has moved on. The last one has ended. Yeah. So you're having this. But everybody knows that, that the Jewish New Year festival is in the, in the fall. Yeah. And yet everyone knows that, that Passover is a new year. Ah, um, I am certain hmm. that textual scholars have worked this out. I don't know the reason for this. Now, <laughs> I did a lot of study for this because, you know, even though I've been thinking about this stuff for years, oh yeah, I had to write it all down. And that's just one thing I wasn't able to, maybe your listener knows the reason, but there are two new years. In fact, this messes up our, um, the period where there was Israel and Judah and they had all these different kings in both of the kingdoms. Well, it looks like one of them counted years from the spring and the other counted years from the fall. And they might have, one of them might have switched back and forth once. Hmm. So it makes lining up the, the rings of all the different kings and trying to build a time frame from, you know, Solomon to the, the fall of Jerusalem. It's really difficult because of their calendars. Yeah. And they didn't tell us what calendar they were using. But when we scratch our heads and look at it, you know what? These guys are using different calendars. And that's the answer. And that solves all these riddles. Oh, it's crazy. It is hard enough to keep track of one calendar, people. Don't even try. Oh, and don't don't be an ancient Aztec. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> well, they had a lot of different calendars. No. And one of them was based on the position of Venus. Okay. And it was X number of days until Venus gets to the same position in the sky. That actually turned out to be a really accurate calendar. Wow. Because it's X number of Venus years equals so many Earth solar years and it actually lined up pretty nicely oh wow we never figured that out but his mesoamericans did whoa okay and yeah, they weren't stupid huh that's a so, you know that's the kind of science that i was expecting that there would be a scientific approach seeing these things it's not that the stars are aligning but it's that the stars the moons and the planets could align in some way shape or form over a period of time and that might lend itself to a conclusion like well x number of cycles in a five-year pattern like you were saying earlier means that these aligned 
So then we know that we can base our calendar system off of the five-year scale. Yeah. It, it, so like you're saying with the Aztecs, then you throw in Venus, and they even figured out that there was a system with that. That's impressive. It's, that it's really totally impressive. Because, I mean, they weren't, they didn't have like calculators and, you know, writing slates, I don't think. They might have just been holding a lot of this information in their head cool. or carving on wow. stone, or maybe they had right. some form of paper. I don't know, but it just, yeah. it's just crazy. Yes, they had paper. Of course they did. It's crazy. So some societies eventually standardized this lunar month problem with seven deliberately placed intercalary months. Intercalary. <laughs> intercalary, yes. Meaning, <clears throat> yeah. They stick it, it's, it's inter, it's in the middle of something in a 19 year cycle. So it's not every other year that you add your extra month. It's not every third year that you add your extra month, but you have to have seven of them in a 19 year cycle to keep everything more or less aligned. They didn't keep them together. Like, you know, in the midst of the 19 years, here's just a window of well, seven some of them, months. Like, we're going to do it every other year, every other year, every third year, every <laughs> other year, every other year, every third year. Some of them would systematize it like that. But as long as they did that many in that many years, they would keep it pretty straight, except you need an extra intercalary month every 80 years. Oh, snap. Or all of a sudden your months and your seasons are a month off and you can't say, oh, we're going to plant barley in this month. Oh, wow. Because all of a sudden it's the wrong season. <laughs> okay. So it like you said, it was basically madness. Madness. And you can bet there was no international standardiz standardization society working to make sure every kingdom and tribe was on the same track, right? No. So no, standardization would have taken so centuries and different localities would have different conflicting time systems. It was a train wreck, an yeah. absolute train wreck. And that's ancient history. So when what, what was like the earliest time in history when we started to get a cohesive record of the calendar passing? I'd, would that be, be before the time of Christ or post time of after, Christ? After. Wow. We'll, we'll get there. So... There's a really cool example, and we can see it today if you pay attention. Do you know when Ramadan is? I've the, heard a lot about it, but... The Jewish holy month? Rusty on my Jewish holy month. I'm sorry, Jewish. What did I just say? Ah, I just created a war. Oh, my. Oh, nukes, nukes are going to be flying through the sky. The Muslim holy month. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I'm looking at the yes. wrong place on the page here. No, the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. It's a month where they, they fast during the day. It changes. I remember when it used to be in September. First time I ever noticed, oh, it's in September. It's not there anymore. It's 11 days different every year. Mm. Okay, 11 days. What's that number from? Oh, wow. Uh, because 12 lunar months is 11 days short of a calendar year. Okay, yeah. Muhammad decreed that they were going to find, they were, they were going to follow a lunar calendar only. <laughs> and so their calendar drifts through the solar year. Right. By, by almost a half a month. Every year, oh. it changes. Wow. And what's wrong with that? Well, you can't say that, you know, month one is for planting and month 11 is for harvesting. Yeah, year in and year out, it's going to be broken. It's going to keep changing. Yeah. And so the calendar system. Nobody wants to put up with that. Especially because most of the world through most of history was agrarian and was depending upon their crop cycle. Yeah. More than the moon. But they didn't know when to plant because there wasn't any clock in the sky saying, hey, everyone, it's time to plant right now. No. And plus you have, you know, late winter snowfall or an early fall frost. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. So the Muslim numbering starts with Muhammad's move from Mecca to Medina. I think that was 622 AD. So on New Year's Day 2020, that's 1,398 solar years later. Their, um, their Hiraj year is only 1441. They have more years per year. They're counting more years than have passed in solar years because they're 11 days shy. So if they start on January 1st, on December 20th, that's New Year's Day. Yeah, so it's going to be next one year, point, a fraction, a very small fraction. Next year it'll be December 9th. Yeah, it just gets shorter. Yeah. yeah. It starts earlier and earlier. New yeah. year eventually happens. How many years would it take to get it realigned? You know, it's sort of like when you're well, three sixty five point two five divided by eleven. Yeah, ish. Wow. <laughs> so we talk about the Mayans. They had a two hundred sixty day divine calendar, which was the most important one. 
They had another calendar very similar to our Julian calendar. They had another calendar similar to our Gregorian calendar, which we'll get to in a second, those two, and a 584-day calendar based on the position of Venus. Did these different calendars happen over different spans of history? Or Uh, were they all basically used at the same time? By the time the Mayans fell, we know what they were using. I don't know when they developed each one of these. It must have taken them a long time figure these out, but they had multiple calendars at the same time. But five Venusian years is 99 lunar months or eight solar years. Crazy. (laughs) Who on earth figured that out? The Chinese, their ancient calendar, they had different numbers of days per year and they had leap months. Anytime they had 13 new new moons in a single year, they'd add a leap month. (laughs) because <laughs> you're only supposed to have two new moons oh so they skip one and that, that actually works pretty well that's a good system wow interesting but oh oh i'm glad i didn't have to keep track of that then well yeah then you'd have to get everybody on the same track and just saying oh did you notice that we had another new moon yeah and at some point in chinese history they had to change to that convention what were they using before that it would have been different so it breaks your history. It breaks the history. We, we see lots of examples of ancient societies wrestling with time measurements and changing their calendar systems just because they're just trying to figure out the sky. But this is still a problem for historians today because we still have to uh, acknowledge the historical calendaring systems for all these different cultures to keep anything accurate today. Yeah, yeah, and then we have to convert it into the Roman-based calendaring system. Yeah, and then you got um, some people are born uh, during the time when one of the popes shaved off like two weeks in October. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> why did he do that? So I know, why didn't he do it from you know the end of December or the beginning of January? No, I did it in the middle of October. Yeah, because that's what you do. I, I guess so. So it's worth spending some time talking about the Romans because they gave us their calendar system. Oh, so yeah. They gave it to the British and we speak English, right? America is a British colony. So yeah. we got the British calendar, which was the Roman calendar. It's also the Canadian calendar, the Australian calendar, the South African calendar. See, could you imagine if we all had different calendaring systems across the different continents? I mean, I know that some of them are still in use. Country of Greece did not adopt our modern calendar system until after World War I. That is so recent. Holy cow. How (laughs) ever did we do this? How did we survive? But the Romans also conquered Spain and Portugal and France and North Africa and the Holy Lands. So they gave their calendar system to a giant chunk of the world. And that chunk of the world is going to become the colonial rulers in the 16, 17, 1800s. So they gave their system to the rest of the world, the Roman system. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, but Rome, man, they had a 10 month lunar calendar. It started around March 1st-ish. <laughs> you know, the first new moon after the vernal equinox. And they didn't give any month to the 70 days in winter. What? They just said, what month is it? It's no month. That's a real twilight period. Dang. Do you have a 70 days? So from like... I do appreciate that they rounded it to an even 10, but come on. Yeah. So there's no month of January. There's no month of February. What do you do? You just like hibernate? What do you do in that time? Well, because they're in an agrarian society and they're only worried about crops... That's not important. Month. No off. one's planting then. No one's harvesting then. But babies no. are being born then and merchants are trying to write contracts. Yes, and, they're not keeping track of birthdays. Uh, uh, yeah, well, birthdays are not nearly as important back then as they are now. Um, but I don't, I don't know enough about ancient birthdays to even make a comment more than that. So in 753 BC, this is after the time of King David, after Solomon, and this is way over in Italy, Romulus, He's credited, Romulus, the founder of Rome, who killed his brother Remus, he's credited with reforming the calendar. Still only has 10 months, but now there's only 60 days of winter. (laughs) A big whoop. (laughs) Good for you, Romulus. About 40 years later, 713 BC, some guy named Numa Pompilius, sorry, some guy, he's probably very important, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, Numa Pompilius, he gave us a 12 month calendar that tried to stick to lunar cycles. They can stick an inter- intercalary month around February, but you know, this is Rome. 
Okay. The Romans are all about politics. Oh, yeah. And if you could stick in a Turkulary month at the end of the year, but your friend is in office, you're going to stick an intercalary month in there. Your friend is not in office. You're not going to stick an intercalary month in there, even if you need to, to keep the seasons aligned. <laughs> oh, it's so petty. Their calendar was an absolute disaster. No. It was completely, completely uh, ruined because of politics. And they had this thing called out. the years of confusion. <laughs> so here comes Julius Caesar. Why? And he brings in the Julian calendar. And he starts by realigning the months to the seasons by having a year of 445 days. And why did he do this? Because he's trying to get the months lined up with the seasons again. Okay, so... So March can be, can be month number one again. That's what you, that's what you do. Oh, okay. Oh, notice March is month number one because the new year is on the vernal equinox. Wow. Or the lunar the lunar system cycle close to the vernal equinox. Ah, but March is the beginning <laughs> of the year, not January. January is no man's land to the Romans. They don't even bother counting it as a month. That is wild. Especially since January, February are roughly the length of two uh, months, as you said, because yeah. it was the 60 days that they were skipping anyway. Yeah. So they might as well have created two more months, people. Come on. Yeah. Get over your politics. By the way, uh, what was it? Is it even numbers or odd numbers? I think, or I forget. One of those is unlucky to the Romans. The 60 or what? The even numbers or odd numbers. So they oh. wanted all their months to be odd numbers or even numbers. I think it's probably odd. Early. And then later on, they, okay, let's do 30, 31, 30, 31. Even though some of these are bad luck months, we got to do it this way. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about February yet either. Nutsy, nutsy, nutsy. So here's a story. I know I read this in Military History Magazine, probably around 1991 when I was in college. I can't verify this, but I read this article and what they said was there was a Roman law that said that a man couldn't be the general of the whole army except every so many years. And at this point, they're having major problems with the Iberian Celts. That's the Spanish, the Celtic Spanish, you know, people who invented the bagpipes. Yeah. yeah. Those people. Yeah. And they want this guy to be the head general, but he couldn't be. His time wasn't there. So they said, okay, um, well, you'll be the head general at the beginning of the year, right? That's in March. Hey, New Year's Day is now January 1st. <laughs> and now he's the leader. He goes over to Spain. He kicks some butt and Spain becomes a Roman province. <laughs> Man, if, you, if any of you out there know that account, I would love to read it again. I just It's in my, been in my mind all these years and I've lost the... I've lost the reference and I, I mean, oh, on wow. Wikipedia is not helping yeah, yeah. me and Googling things is not really helping me, but that account is out there somewhere. I don't know if it's valid or not, but that was the claim of why. Okay. Think about this. Yes. Right. Here's something crazy. Absolutely nuts. September <laughs> set is a number. You want to guess what number it is? It's not nine. <laughs> oh, no, well, you, yeah. Okay. So if they're combined, then it's seven. It's seven. Well, wait. How come that number is named seven, but it's a ninth month? Well, it should be And me. October. What is octo? What's an octopus? <laughs> What's October mean? It means eighth. Eighth month, but it's a tenth month. But yeah. November. Novo is nine, but it's the eleventh month. We all know what deca means. That's ten. But <gasps> oh, December is the twelfth. Is a twelfth month. It's because the months used to start in March. Right. And January and February were, were eleven and twelve. They were, they were inserted at the yeah. end as the 11th and 12th. Oh, and someone moved it to January. That's so wrong. You so idiot. Why did you do that, person? So the word January, February, do they have any kind of connection to numbers? Um, no. Januarius and Februarius, I don't know what those mean. I should, probably forgot. I just don't know. <laughs> but this is why everything is so crazy does calendar actually mean convoluted in the original greek <laughs> calendar means convoluted <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so i don't know why they backed up the two months but clearly they did because all those number months are wrong it might have gone down to the julian reform julius had spent time in egypt famously dallying with cleopatra who had a son and then she went and dallied with Mark Antony, who didn't make it. And therefore, we have Julius Caesar, not Mark Antony Caesar. I don't make any sense. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Antony's dead. <laughs> Caesar now is king of the world, literally. 
And he would have known that the Egyptians had a 365.25 day year. And so the Julian reform is a 365 day year. And every four years we have a leap year. There you go. And he tagged it on to February, which was the last month of the year. Sometime around here. So he had Januarius, 31 days. Februarius, 28 or 29 days. Martinus, 30 days. Aprilus, 30 days. Maius, 31 days. Unius. Unius. June, 30 days. Quintilius, which he, which, oh yeah, uh, Quint, five. But he named it Julius after himself. Sextilius, six. Augustus Caesar took that one over. He named it August. Then (laughs) September, October, November, December. We had the same exact names for those four months. How it changed. And we lost the other two. Yeah. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, it is a big mishmash. It It reminds me to ask you a question when we get when we get to it here in a few minutes. Okay. I wonder what that is. Hmm. There's another longstanding urban myth that Augustus Caesar wanted his month, August, to be as long as Julius Caesar's month, July. So he stole a day from February and gave it to August. Um that actually goes back to the Middle Ages, but we can't know. We don't think that's true because we have uh, Roman writings, like someone drew a calendar on a wall from before that time, and August already had 31 days. But somebody's monkeying around with numbers of days and months, and it looks like they're stealing it from February because that's the one that didn't matter because <laughs> it's the end of the year, and it, yeah. they didn't even count it anyway. So yeah. they just kept stealing and moved things around. They didn't like some you know, unlucky things. This worked for a while. In fact, it worked for several centuries. But by about the 1500s, everyone noticed the calendar was off by about 10 days. Right. March the 1st was not. It was 10 days away from the vernal equinox. Yeah. So they said, we got to fix this. And it took a guy named Pope Gregory VIII, and he gave us what's called the Gregorian calendar in 1582. Gregorian Pope Gregory. That's right. And that's the calendar we use today. With only slight modifications. But he took October 4th, 1582. The next day was October 15th, 1582. So all you people that were born during then, well, you know what? You didn't grow. (laughs) (laughs) The ladies could say, oh, yes, I'm 21 still. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't the Pope Catholic? Yeah. Yeah, and 1582 is after the Protestant Reformation. So that means... Why would a Protestant follow the Papist calendar? No. They didn't. How long did that take? Well, um, the British Empire adopted it in 1752. Hmm. That's 170 years later. That's during the time of lifetime of George Washington and other founding fathers, people. Yeah, and they said, okay, yeah, I, don't know, I guess they did it. Yeah, they would have done in America at the same time because we're still Britain then. Mm-hmm. But that was 150 years later when we had different calendar systems. And I said, you know, Greece, they didn't join the regular calendar until 1923. That's 450 years after the Catholic Church went Gregorian. That's almost a half a thousand years. They were on their own calendar. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Could you imagine? Hey, uh, let's make a, a shipping contract no. with this company in Athens. <laughs> you can't do this. Oh, no way. No, no it'd be impossible. <laughs> wow. And yet, because I believe um, the Catholic lands were larger and more numerous, even in the, the British Empire, they eventually came around just because of numbers. Yeah. And can you imagine fighting a war with an ally who used a different calendar system than you? Yeah, that'd be pretty much impossible. What, what a disaster that would be. No. Wow. All right. Before we wrap up our calendar discussion, mm-hmm. we have to discuss the two different types of years. Yeah. Yeah. There's two different ways to measure a year. One is how long does it take the sun to get to the same height in the sky? Okay. That's called the tropical year. You've probably heard of the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Yes. Those are the places north and south of the equator where the sun gets directly overhead mm-hmm. and doesn't go any further north. Okay, yeah. So at in the solstices, in the summer and winter, it's over one of those tropics. Right. The rest of the time, it's in between them. Hmm. So if you want to measure like when is the sun directly overhead and if you're at the equator, you can actually get what's called a tropical year. 
Okay. In fact, yeah. the sun is within the tropics. Yeah. Okay. That's the tropics, a warm place of the earth. This is in between the two tropics. Right. So cool. All right. But um, if you stand on the exact same spot on the earth when the sun's directly overhead on the tropic. Right. The next year will not be directly overhead when it reaches its maximum. No, it'll be someplace about 20 minutes away, a solar orbit minutes away. <laughs> okay. So if you travel at a thousand miles an hour for 20 minutes, <laughs> the sun will be directly over your head <laughs> at that point in time. No. So the it's variance, just, the variance multiply. Yes. And so if you add this up over many years, your calendar will get messed up. Crazy. I don't even know how old I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another way. There's another way to measure a year. It doesn't deal with the sun. It deals with the stars. How long does it take the stars to get the same position in the sky again? Oh. Maybe at sunset. Well, that can't be better than the sun because there's so much more of them. Yeah, but they're all they're all locked into place. They're not really moving very quickly with respect to each other. Okay. So, you know, at, at sunset, where is, let's say, um, Sirius mm -hmm. or uh, Betelgeuse, which is the corner of Orion? Mm -hmm. So well, where's Orion? Let's just say, make, let's make it easy. Where is Orion at sunset? Is it right on the horizon? Yeah, so like if it was just peeking right over the horizon? Yes, but if you wait a year, it'll be a little bit different. Oh, man, another variant. Another one. In fact, um, the Earth's orbit is elliptical. And it if you ever, you ever play with a spirograph? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you, know, yeah. you put your pen in the thingy and you turn it and it makes these loops. Yeah, And after really so many loops, it comes back to the same place. Takes a while. It can take a long time. In fact, the Earth, if we let it go, would take 25,920 years. Oh. for our ellipses to ellipse do a giant spirograph in the sky and get back to the same position dude how do we even track time yeah how do we track time nobody knows i certainly don't know <laughs> sure it's fun <laughs> to think about it <laughs> if the it's the stars that were up in the sky when adam first woke up let's say they're up in the sky in the springtime yeah we are one quarter of the way around so the stars are up in the springtime and Adam's time are three months different for us. Our orbit was pointing to like the length of the, the long axis of our orbit was pointing at a different place in the heavens than it is today. Oh yeah. So huh. what's a, what's a star year? Oh yeah. Yeah. So probably. But is there such a thing? It is yeah. significantly yeah. different than the others? Yeah. It's called a sidereal year. Wow. No, they're 20 minutes different. Yeah, just 20 minutes. Wow. Except it makes a difference over long periods of time. Why 20? Um, so after a thousand years, if you're using a sidereal year, maybe for planting crops, when Orion is on the horizon at sunset, it's time to plant our crops or right. harvest our yeah, crops. Yeah. yeah. Um, As you do. Yeah, you think you might. But if after a thousand years, you'd be 14 days off. <laughs> then you're not planting crops then at the same time. This was known by 127 B.C. A guy, a guy named Hipparchus, who's from Nicaea. Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, was a very important thing in church history. He lived in Nicaea, 127 AD, and he figured out the procession of the equinoxes. I don't think he had a, an accurate number, but he knew <laughs> that the stars were not in the same place at sunset in any particular month based on ancient writers. He said yeah, they yeah, yeah. drifted. Oh, that's crazy. There's a guy named Hesiod. He, in about 700 BC, he published a set of star observations. Now, a lot of the names in the uh, theories and the calendar systems and the like that you've mentioned before, I've heard about, I, I remember, but I don't okay. remember his yet. Well, because I didn't know about this guy either. I read about him a couple months ago. I was, oh, this guy's cool. Huh. He published an almanac that said, when the stars are in this position, plant or harvest in 700 BC. Sheesh. Except <laughs> That's amazing. That only works for a limited amount of time. The about the lifespan of Hesiod, maybe. Or well, less. no, no, be very accurate for a uh, hundred years or so, but after a thousand years, you're 14 days off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not a great system. Think about ancient people, right? Like Adam and Eve, they're living in it in you know, paradisical area. Who, why would they care about the tropical year? They yeah, look you at you they don't. probably look at the sidereal year. Oh, the yeah. stars are in the same place again. That's a year, but then that means that it might have been using a different year convention than us. Yeah. And it wouldn't have made a big difference, except there were about 1,600 years between Adam and the flood. And doesn't it say in Scripture that God gave us the stars yeah, and signs the sun? and seasons, yes. Yeah, yeah, which means 
it, it, it's not meant to be simple because there are these variances. Interesting point. There, but but yeah. we can use them for seasons and signs. We just they have to work. figure it out. Right. And today we got it really accurately, but it was a long time before we figured it out. Hmm. So the famous Archbishop Usher, who was an amazing scholar, I mean, a genius historian, but he said that the earth was created in 4004 BC. And I think a guy after him named Lightfoot, I think it was, he said October 23rd. I'm sorry, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. You can't know October 23rd because no. our calendar systems aren't that accurate and you can't even know 4004. Oh, and even just finding a good calendar converter would be a royal That'd be nice pay. if we know what calendars yeah. the ancients used, no, which we don't. No. no. So in the end, this discussion affects our calculation of the age of the earth as given in the Bible. In other words, you can't do it. No. It affects <laughs> astrology. It doesn't work. It blows a lot of history to smithereens. Yeah, it affects astronomy because 12,000 years from now, you won't be able to observe Orion in the wintertime. Wow. It'll be a summer constellation. That is it affects idea. calendars, obviously. Yeah. And we, we need to stick with a tropical year because we need our calendar to be lined with the seasons, which means the stars drift over time. <laughs> But the seasons are much more important. Right. Yes, I mean, you don't want to be going to school in the summertime, man. That'd be terrible. Could you imagine never being able to go outside no. because you're in school? No, wintertime is a good time to be in school because nothing else to do in the wintertime. And that is science, folks. That's right. It affects our views of history. Those Romans were cagey. They were <laughs> insane, right. man. I can't believe yeah. what they changed all that stuff. Political. And it affects our views of creation. God didn't create a perfectly clockable solar system. What does it tell us about God? Is he careless? No. Or is he more complicated than us? Right. Or maybe someday in the future, everything will accidentally be all aligned. Oh, interesting theory. And Jesus will come back. Or something. Or they'll all be aligned and he won't come back and God says, psych. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but all, all this stuff is, is amazing and fun. Oh, and yeah. there's so much science in this and so much history in this. And there's so many details. And it's crazy. Oh, yeah. But now we have the system where to prevent drift, to, to prevent drift in our calendars, every four years is not a leap year. Numbers mm. divisible by 100 are not leap years. So mm. the year 2000 wasn't a leap year. And because it's not exactly no. 365.25, <laughs> right. there's more decimal points after that. And every once in a while, we have to shave off a leap second. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now we have atomic clocks and the length of time is really, really important to us. Yeah. We, we need to know exactly how long a year is so that, you know, stock markets in one place don't do something where stock markets in another place don't because you can make or lose a billion dollars yeah. <laughs> if they're not exactly timed. Because someone built a, um, a series of uh, microwave transmission towers between New York City and Chicago. Because the other people were sending their um, phone calls to outer space to a satellite and bouncing back down between Chicago and New York. And based on <laughs> oh. the trading price difference in those two places, you can make bets and make money. Yeah, cheating. Well, because that system didn't have to go to space and back, it was shorter. And they could get their answers, <laughs> what, a millisecond before the other guys? I don't know. But if a computer does it, boom. It's so not fair. It's so totally not fair, but <laughs> millions of dollars Yes, because of microsecond differences in the passage of time. Incredible. And all this started in the garden. Yeah, just uh, two when, people figuring out. Two people who woke up and said, the passage of time. How do we measure it? Anyway, that's the show for today, folks. Awesome. I hope you yeah. enjoyed that. Fantastic. And thank you to listener Ruben for bringing up leap year, February yeah. 29th, for even making us think about the subject at this time. That's right. We were, we were thinking about doing this but, during that week, but it was just impossible to get it together that quickly and, and, and recorded that quickly. Yeah. And but we're quick. We're close. As we've already pointed out. It's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. So if you enjoy listening to Equinox, do us a favor and rate the show or review it on iTunes. That actually gets it in front of a lot more people lot and more people. exposure. If you want to catch Rob, he's available from Biblical Genetics on Facebook and Bible Genetics on Twitter. You can also follow the show there if you want to be notified about anything new going on. We have one particular exciting bit of news for next week's episode, so be staying tuned for that. 
You can also find me on Twitter. I am JCS Darnell. And until next time, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you so much, Joe. You've been listening to Equinox. Not necessarily, but this is a, if you, so here's a setup. Here's, oh. <laughs> How'd you do that? That ah, was incredible. I don't know. The pen just flew out of my hands. It's now on the other side of the room. Um, <laughs> here's the setup.